Hello and welcome along to the Property Canopy Podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about, are we at the bottom yet? The six graphs you need to see to understand the New Zealand housing market right now. Now, last week, we had Tony Alexander, an independent economist, on the show. And in Wednesday's episode, we quizzed him all about how do you create your own property market analysis. Now, he gave away about five or six graphs that you need to look at if you're going to understand the housing market. And in that episode, I let slip a little secret, which is that we are releasing our new data hub. You're very excited about this, aren't you? I think this is the second time you've been excited about a hub on the internet. No, you can't say that, Andrew Nickel. My mother listens to this show. <laughs> now, you see, Andrew, one of the difficulties with property investment data is that there's lots of different places you've got to go and get it at the moment. There's Stats NZ. Sometimes you can go to Figure NZ. There's the Reserve Bank. There's Interest.co.nz. There's Realestate.co.nz. And that's only a couple of them. Then we've got Ryan's Core Logic and QV as well. And so what we've done is we've tried to collate a lot of that data, put it in one place give it away to you guys for free. So we're going to take you through the six graphs you need to see. Now, for all of you guys on YouTube, you're going to be able to see this. For you guys listening to the podcast, don't worry, we're going to describe it to you and you can always go to our website, opuspartners.co.nz, to get all of this data for free. Now, the first thing Tony suggested we should look at, and I totally agree with him, is how New Zealand's house prices are changing on an annual basis. And let me zoom in on this with the graph. This is my favourite feature. Oh, what that's we, nice. What we see is that house prices at their peak were increasing just over 30% year on year. That was back in August 2021. Now the story really has changed. In fact, at their worst, New Zealand house prices were falling by just over 14% in a single year. If I zoom in, you can see that it's just starting to come up a very little bit. So this is kind of an early sign that perhaps we're going to see those numbers turn around. And so when you hover over that graph, Ed, and you get that number there, that percentage, is that based on the last 12 months, is it? That's based on the last 12 months, but that is only one of the things you want to look at. What's the second graph that Tony said we should be looking at? The second one is the monthly change in house prices. So again, you can zoom out or in on this. It's very cool graphs, isn't it? You're very proud of it, aren't you? I can, I'm extremely hey, proud if of you're, If you're on the podcast, you, you can't see him smiling at the moment like all of his Christmases have come at once. I'll describe the graph to you if you are listening on podcast. House prices have been falling very quickly every month during 2021. Now we're starting to see that slow down. So again, that slowdown might indicate that we're going to see a change in the market. So even if we go back to, for instance, June 2022, we saw that house prices fell by almost 2.1% in a single month. Now, if we look at the last two months in February, they increased actually by oh, a minuscule 0.1%, but they only fell by about 0.8% in March. So we're starting to see that some of those big house price declines within 2021 are coming to a bit of an end. And the best thing about this is I can't wait for you guys to be able to play around with it yourself. Zoom in, check it out. I've also written a whole number of explanations about how the data is calculated as well if you want to dig into it. The next thing that I'd be looking at is what we call the housing stock or the stock of current listings. This is another thing that Tony was telling us about. So all the way back in March 2008, there were about 60 
thousand listings available on realestate.co.nz. You could go and there were so many properties available, more than one per hundred people in New Zealand. But look how that has been steadily declining over the last decade and a bit. Now, during 2021, listings on realestate.co.nz got down to just over 12,500. Now, they've been rocketing back a bit. We're now at about 28,000 listings currently on there. That's more or less the same as what we were seeing, you know, in, before the pandemic. But it seems that they've kind of steadied now around that high 20,000 mark at the moment. So it seems to be stabilizing in terms of how much supply is actually on the market. And the next thing we're going to look at is sales volume. So this is the number of properties that are sold within a 12-month period. Now, the number of properties sold over the prior 12 months is way down at the moment, way below what the average has been. So we're sitting at about 59,000 properties have been sold over the last 12 months. That's up to March 2023. How does that compare to the peak of the market, Andrew? Yeah, so at the peak of the market, we're transacting 100,000 properties over a 12-month period. So it's declined by over 40%. And I think you've got to ask yourself, how far down is that number really going to go? And if we look back at February 2009, when property transactions were at their absolute lowest, that was 53,000. So we're 11% higher than the lowest point historically. So what you're saying is the fewest properties ever recorded sold in New Zealand over the last 31, 32 years that we've got data was about 53,000. We're currently sitting at 59,000. So does that mean that we could still fall a bit? Possibly, but also it probably means that there's some pent-up demand, as Tony was saying on the podcast, of people that are sitting on their hands thinking, you know what, I'm going to wait to see what this market does. Those people are still potential buyers. They're just not buyers over the last 12 months. Yeah, I think one of the things you've got to think about is also number of houses sold per head of population. So if we zoom in and we look at back in 2009, where we had the fewest properties ever recorded, our population in New Zealand was about 4.2 million. Now, about 14 years later, we've got an extra million people. So currently, the number of properties selling per year is 11% above our lowest ever point, but our population has grown by 20%. So we've actually, right now, we've got the fewest property selling per head of population or per 100 people in New Zealand that it's ever been over the last 32 years that we've actually got good data for. And so I do think there's a natural limit to how far down this line is going to go and how few properties are going to sell. Eventually, we are going to see a rebound. Two more graphs that, oh, actually, it's more than two graphs. The <laughs> next one that Tony suggested we should look at is net migration. Now, just for anybody watching this on YouTube or on the podcast wanting to get access to this, all of this data is filed under our Loon section and then in Data Hub, and you're going to be able to get to all of that for free. Now, the most amazing thing, I want to show you what's happened to net migration over the last five years. So right up until the pandemic, we had about 50,000 more people per year coming to New Zealand compared to leaving New Zealand permanently to live. Now, Andrew, what happened as we were getting into the pandemic? Well, people couldn't leave. That, but we also had this big rush coming is the major thing that we saw. In the year to March 2020, we had 90,000 more people coming to live here than staying. 
and then that number crashed down very quickly because you couldn't get into the country. And in fact, in about February last year, 2022, we had almost 20,000 more people leaving the country than who were coming here permanently to live. Look at this turnaround. Massive. And it's really interesting because I've noticed so many articles about people moving to Australia for the higher wages and the lower cost of living. Well, the data doesn't suggest that we're that worse off because of it. Well, if we actually look at the data, we are seeing a lot of Kiwis leaving, but we're seeing even more people coming to live in New Zealand, whether because they think it's a nice place to live, whether because we're loosening some of the immigration settings, whether they wanted to move here anyway over the last couple of years, but they weren't able to get into the country. The fact of the matter is, in the last 12 months, we've seen such a turnaround in annual net migration from negative 20 to positive 50,000. I think that is going to, as Tony was saying, add some stimulus into the market. The one thing that he said that he doesn't really look at, but he'd recommend that you all take a look at, is how quickly rents are increasing in New Zealand. I'll show you just the last 10 years. Now, what we've seen is that during 2022, even as property prices were falling, we still saw rents increasing by about 8 or 9% a year. That's huge. A huge Long-term average, we use 4.7%. I think that's what it's been historically, right? Yep. Right now, we're sitting at about 6% annual increases over the last kind of 12-ish months. So it seems to be quietening down, which I'm actually quite pleased about. Because we said that that would happen, right? Well, no, that's not why I'm pleased about it. I'm pleased about it because rents impact inflation, <laughs> and I want inflation to go down. So if rents bottom out or don't increase for a bit, that would actually make me quite happy because that would flow into the inflation data, and that's going to help interest rates. And right now, a lower interest rate is going to help property investors more than an extra 6% in rent. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and so that's, that's actually the main <laughs> reason why. I'd be quite happy if rents didn't increase for a wee bit. And then, Andrew, lastly, we've got your favourite oh, section. Oh, this is my favourite, the overs and the unders. So we look at how a region is performing based on its long-term average against the median house price of New Zealand. So we look at whether or not an area is what we consider overvalued at the moment or undervalued compared to its baseline. So right now it's looking at Christchurch, which at the moment is about 12% undervalued. Now, what's interesting is that at its worst, it was undervalued by about 23%. Now, these numbers change month to month. I remember when we were reporting it maybe 12 months ago, it looked at about 26%. But because that average changes, that's why it goes up and down a wee bit. But right now, about 11% undervalued. Now, we were just recently down talking to the Highlanders rugby team. And if you follow Andrew Nickel or Opus Partners on Instagram, <laughs> you would have known that. I tried to tackle one of the players and stop them because Andrew would think that was funny. Yeah. So, so Andrew gets one of the players to run at me with a rugby ball and my job was to try and stop him. Now, this giant of rugby was probably, you know, a good 30% taller than me. 30% stronger, 30% better looking. Uh, no, I would probably say 300% stronger, <laughs> perhaps 600% better looking. But what they wanted to know all about was the Otago market because they are based down there. Now, what's interesting, what's happening here? Just describe it for us. I'll show you the last 10 years' worth of data. So what we're seeing now is that we are currently picking up steam there and it's now becoming overvalued. Well, it's becoming even more overvalued. So in terms of Otago as a whole region, now, of course, that includes central Otago with Cromwell, Queenstown, and then also Dunedin. I'll show you Dunedin in a second because that's where the Highlanders are based. 
at the peak, we were seeing that Otago was overvalued by about 12% by our numbers. And by the way, if you want to know how this is all calculated, the methodology is on every single page where this graph shows. And during the pandemic, actually, Otago house prices didn't increase as quickly as the rest of New Zealand. And that's why it became less overvalued. These days, we're actually seeing it pick up as well in terms of property prices there aren't decreasing by the same rate as the rest of the country. And that's why it's appearing more overvalued. Let's take a quick look at Dunedin as well. Zoom in on that and see where we're going. So Dunedin looks like it's about right now. The prices have come back and it's at a level that's consistent with its long-term average. Yeah, so it's about 2% overvalued, but like that's neither here nor there. It's about where we'd expect it to be. Now, this is really important because you see the line going down, but that doesn't mean that Dunedin house prices weren't going up or necessarily that Dunedin house prices weren't going down. What it's really showing is that during that pandemic phase when property prices increased by a substantial amount, Dunedin was dropping behind, not because property prices weren't going up, but because they weren't going up as fast as the rest of the country. That is the key point. This graph doesn't show you whether property prices are going up or down. It shows you whether they're going up or down as fast as the rest of the country. So Dunedin maybe would take a look at it, whereas back in 2020, when I remember we were, we were talking about, oh, should we encourage people to invest in Dunedin? The answer was no, because it was 10% overvalued. Perhaps we might take another look at it and do another podcast on that. But look, one of the difficult things is when you are trying to create your own property investment analysis, often you've either got to pay for the data or you've got to hunt around for it. And so hopefully making it available for free, all in one spot for you guys, is going to make it way easier to try and find what you're looking for. We have got, at the moment, as of recording this, probably about 100 graphs on here that you can sort through, see what you're looking for. My plan is to make another three or 400 available for you so you can drill down into the specific area, council area, that you're looking in. If you're looking for any particular piece of data that you want to keep updated, just let me know. You know where to find me on Instagram and also on our website because I want to put out stuff that you guys are going to find genuinely useful. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you've got a friend who you think, oh, good old Barry needs to listen to this, well, flick it on to Barry. That is one of the main ways I know how you guys find out about the show. And that's one of the big things you can do to help grow this property investment community we're building. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Cedric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of your property market. Until next time.